Okay, let's go. Ready. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, what was that then? <laughs> Interrupting my intros now. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Hello, hello, folks, and welcome back once again to another episode of Covered It, a relaxed, plugged out social podcast brought to you by the boys from quackgolf.com. The golf season is incoming fast, so quackgolf.com is where you should be going for all of your golfing apparel needs. Um, once again, um, thank you to our sponsor, Lions Links. This podcast is brought to you by Lions Links, who are an Irish um, golf tour and travel company. Um, for any keen golfers out there, um, they run some great events, um, none other than the home of Golf Classic, where they're heading to St. Andrews, a guaranteed tee time um, at the old course uh, on the 28th of March, I think it is. Um, not sure if there's any spaces left in that anymore, Ben, but... Um, Shani, uh, you were doing so well there. It's the 28th of February. It runs 28th of until... February, sorry, Mar- <laughs> to March 2nd. There you go. I was doing uh, really well there, wasn't I? You were doing so well. I was so even professional. impressed myself. Um, there are a couple of spots left on that. There was okay. quite a few were, were taken last week, so there's like a handful. Um, so if you're planning a bit of a golf trip, I don't know, with your dad, your ma, your cousin, your friend, just like if you're in a group of two, it's an ideal, guaranteed yeah. three rounds of golf, get to play the old course, get to stay, get fed, watered, all that sort of fun stuff. Absolutely. And I suppose the reason why we're saying guaranteed is because um, usually if you head over there, you have to put your name in, in a in a lottery to get a tea time. So um, you don't have to yeah. do that here. Thanks to Lions Links. Yeah, I was up there. I, well, I didn't play any golf because I wasn't very well, but uh, we did a father and son trip there last summer and stuck all, we all stuck our name into the ballot and classically weren't pulled out at all. So there we had go. planned kind of not to play any golf on the old course and if it came up it would be a bonus and yeah it never came up so nice to be able to get a guaranteed spot at the home of golf yes absolutely and then also just lastly um obviously i've said it on this podcast before but a personal favorite favorite of mine is the kingdom cup down in Kerry um on april 11th to 13th two rounds in waterville one round in dukes excellently run by um by lines links team down there um you get all your goodies bags um and um it's a singles comp so it's gets fairly competitive some great prizes yeah. and uh, it's a great it's a great weekend thursday to a saturday i so was actually definitely check that one out i was asking one of the lines links guys uh shane about what the numbers were and he was like i think we've got about uh six spaces left and i was like oh that's great because we are bringing 12 <laughs> down with us so he was like okay well i think we can expand so if you're looking for a bit of a trip there's going to be 12 of us down there having a bit of crack. So yeah. drop us a message um, if you want some information on it. And I'm sure that's we can also great that. because we only have six listeners anyway as well. So <laughs> that's perfect. All six of them can come. Um, okay. So we are coming to you live the week after the Sentry um, tournament, the kickoff event of the PGA Tour over in Hawaii. Um, it was fantastic to watch. My first take on the century is that um, I don't know if you heard, Ben, but apparently John Ram was um, spotted in Hawaii on holiday with his family earlier on in the week. Um, and my take on that is that he must be the tightest man in the planet, the tightest purse strings out there, because 
he obviously had some like all expenses paid trip with his family booked before this uh before he signed up to live and he was too tight to to cancel it so he um he just went anyway so what why would he go I thought there? that was like... the cra- I thought that was actually the craziest story storyline of the week that he was in Hawaii at Kapalua the same week as the century and wasn't playing I just thought that was strange I bet his PGA Tour credential card was still working and he was nipping in for breakfast in the morning and then yeah. he, he was grabbing a bucket of balls down the far end of the range, just making the most of it. Why not? He's saving that's, them pennies. That's how the rich stay rich, Johnny. Yeah, I could definitely you know see that. John Ram booking those, you know, those kind of all-you-can-eat, uh, like, <laughs> he doesn't even have to leave the hotel for dinner yeah. kind of thing. That's John Ram, like. Sits by the pool. Um, from what I know about the chap, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sentry recap, did you watch much of it? I thought it was like, I just love watching that course on TV. It looks hilariously crazy with 50 meter drops and driving the ball over 400 yards regularly and some just some crazy holes. It's cool to watch on TV. Yeah, I saw Max Homa broke the record for the longest ever drive for... 477 or something. something. Stupid. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, mad. But then, but then when you see Scotty Scheffler hit that little uh, stinger into the wind on that 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 drive that kind of goes up the hill it's obviously there's obviously one prevailing wind and it's like you hit downwind on that big long one and up that one you've got to hit that little stinger you didn't you reckon he healed that a bit um a good listener to the pod sam McElroy, sent me that saying how cool is this and like i think he meant to hit it low but he definitely didn't mean to hit it that low that was straight off the heel he did not mean that my personal opinion anyway i you know you know that i hit the ball very low um always have and the odd time as a kid i used to the eighth in bandon you you drive up an elevated hill and mm. the odd time i kind of catch it out of the heel and it takes off a bit like a jet i still do it every so often and people are like oh my god that's amazing i'm like yeah i definitely mean that but the odd time i would tee off in the eighth and i would hit one of those kind of takeoff drives and it would kind of go with the curvature of the hill and people would be <laughs> like that's amazing and i'm like, like oh, that's yeah Absolutely fluked that. Torpedo. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Kapalua um, from, say, low point to high point is um, 2,093 2, feet of difference from low point to high point. Um, to put that in perspective, the Empire State Building is 1,250 feet. Um, so mm. that's pretty hard to get my head around. Um, that's a tough old walk. That's a tough old walk, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you watch much of the golf? Um, I didn't watch any of the golf. What did I do this weekend? I I watched a fair bit of FA Cup. Um, which I didn't hate. Normally, I hate when the Premier League gets broken up, but third round of the FA Cup's not bad. There's some decent matches. Yeah. There's enough of it. Um, Shani also watched a fantastic uh film on Netflix called Society of the Snow. Oh, seen that? Oh, I, th- I saw that. I saw the trailer for it. It's good. Yeah, it's about a about a rugby team in this nineteen seventies who crash in the Andes, and they've got to survive in these sub. A true story, incredible yeah. film. God, you must watch it. That's on my list for this weekend. Hundred percent. So that's what um, I did instead of watching any golf this weekend. <laughs> well, I watched a little bit of it. Thought it was brilliant. Um, I thought the um, I thought the coverage was very good. They had some really cool graphics so you know the way sometimes you will see a tee shot and they will obviously show you a shot tracer but this year they kind of had like 
on the on the image from behind the golfer they kind of had like the um left side of the fairway the middle of the fairway and the right side of the fairway kind of segmented in sort of okay. like here's safe here is like the money shot and here is like out of bounds it was really cool to watch because when you were watching the tracer you knew exactly where it was headed yeah um so i thought that was cool i thought jason day's pants got a lot of talking um about uh malibon is that the brand yeah yeah um what what were your thoughts on jason day's fit fits i mean if if he had walked past me i wouldn't i don't think i would have i don't think i would have noticed like I don't think I would have thought it was Jason yeah. Day. He looked he looks okay. like a different golfer, not wearing Just a bit different, yeah. So sorry, the, it was just a real baggy fit of trousers. Is that is that the pretty much seems like a lot of material. Like Malbon are like basically known for I think Malbon was created around taking basically the cast offs of other golf clothing, putting the Malbon logo on it and reselling it. So for for the to start with, they would go to a Nike outlet store. They would take all the old Nike vintage stuff and stuff that wasn't selling, stick a Malbon logo onto it, and would resell it. And apparently, mm. to start with, they did this without the permission of Nike. And then they they obviously were said, "You you can't do that. You're you're just reselling our items." Um, but I think they just kept doing it and it seemed to work. And then eventually, the, these brands said, "Look, we better work with them rather than against them." So now they do it with the likes Adidas. Footjoy, I've seen them doing collabs with like Coca-Cola, Budweiser. So it's quite cool. It's it's verging on the line of kind of edgy golf, a bit more streetwear, which I mm. which is interesting that they've now signed a pro golfer because it kind of goes against what they've kind of been building. Okay. Um, right, okay. But I think it's interesting to see another player in the game. Um on the uh on the bagginess, um a good a good friend of mine, my playing partner at the weekend and a former caddy of mine, um, and a listener to the pod, Ross Gilson, and um made a good point to me that surely he might be losing a few miles per hour on the whole on the old driving um off the tee with with those baggy pants a bit more weight and not as not as slick as a quack pair of joggers one might that, say that is very true we don't have the budget for jason day unfortunately though too much material yeah yeah um okay um moving off the sentry um we may get to the um the upcoming Dubai Invitational at the end, but uh, moving off the century uh, here now, Ben, did you know that Waterford has been listed as one of the New York Times 52 best places to visit in 2024? Um, <laughs> it was um, 30th on the list, and it was the only Irish um, uh, destination on the New York Times list out of 52. Um, so uh, I was just thinking that maybe we should uh, prepare for this onslaught of tourists visiting Waterford and have a quick discussion on the best golf course in Waterford. Immediately, Faith Leg came to mind. I played it a good few years ago now, so I'm not sure of the condition of it now, but I thought it was a lovely uh, hotel, resorty uh, style course. thought it was a nice place. And then also... Um, it was a good few years ago now that I did this, but Dungarvan have the uh, the Gold Coast Triangle, if anyone's interested in that, where you can play three courses. Uh, the Gold Coast Golf Club, Dungarvan Golf Club, and West Waterford Golf Club. It's good for an old trip if, you're, if you and your buddies want to get a four ball where you get three courses in one. The Gold Coast Triangle, try it out. There's actually so many golf courses 
in Ireland that I've just never heard of. Yeah. Gold Coast. Like, that's... I yeah. would expect to be turning up in Australia. The, yeah, I know. It's weird. Um, there's a, it's, it's called the Gold Coast Golf Resort, I think, um, if I'm not uh, mistaken. But the go- I think the Gold Coast Golf Club, if you look at it, um, definitely looks the most um, picturesque anyway. Um, so, yeah, maybe we might check it out sometime. And and uh, what prompted New York Times to rank Waterford? No because <laughs> we have a, a friend of ours, I'm not sure if you listen to the pod, but he goes to the Quack Cup, who uh, is now a retired guardie who used to work in Waterford, and he does not have very good things to say about it. Okay, right. Well, um, yeah, the, the list, which includes locations such as Ladakha in India, Dominica in the Caribbean and Salar Salar de Uni in Bolivia um, and Waterford. So congrats, Waterford. Travel expert Annalise Sorensen has included you on her list. They all sound like places that have a high uh, drug usage and crime <laughs> rate. Not our Waterford. Um, Waterford not... uh, less. Uh, Waterford's Ancient attractions, including the new Irish Wake Museum, dedicated to the funeral ritual, and the Irish Museum of Time, which showcases grandfather clocks, watches, and more. I think I'd be interested in that. Yeah, there you go. Um, Do you have any more golf okay. courses? I don't. I, I don't know any golf courses in Waterford. That was kind of all I had. I don't think it's. <laughs> it's probably. I would think Waterford people in general would 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 wouldn't argue the fact that they're probably not our best golfing county destination yeah, but okay. there are still some some little gems down there so and if there's anyone out there listening from Waterford please write in and let us know um okay Ben next on the list here is my covered it top tip of the week for our weekend golf warriors out there um okay I like this new segment yeah I suppose I've kind of been doing it um nonchalantly in the past we've had my humming tip hum mm. to sort of calm down your central nervous system there was uh there's been a few more um so this is definitely in that genre um so i suppose the first tip is um i listen to the sweet spot podcast um quite a lot it is um ran by a guy called john sherman and adam young um a very good podcast out there for anyone trying to improve their golf to get some great guests on and some great tips. Um, so I was listening to this one, to, to that, and I listened to their episode with Jane Story talking about the importance of breathing to improve your golf performance. Now, Jane was an interesting character. This was definitely the weirdest or, I don't know, most sort of spiritual one that okay. I listened to. She's all about sort of breathing and um meditation and you know sort of calming the mind and we all know that the mind is very important in golf so jane is the author of connected golf and breathe golf if you're interested um she's also the mental coach for Gemma dryberg the scottish pga golfer um and anyway i'm definitely going to be paraphrasing here and this was my main takeaway about what she was talking about i'm sure if you listen to it you'd probably take something completely different away um, but anyway, basically, she was saying that our weekend warriors should think more like samurai warriors, specifically samurai archers on horseback, 
And basically her main point was when, let's say, golfers are playing badly and playing poorly, it's more than likely that they are experiencing more internal focus. So, um, like, you probably know yourself, when you're playing badly, you're probably thinking more about your technique. You're thinking more about where your hands are, where your shoulders are. Yeah. Like, five or six different swing tips, you know, all this kind of stuff. You're thinking internally. Whereas, whereas Jane's story it makes the point that we should think more like samurai warriors, um, archers on horseback in the battlefield. They can't afford to think internally, and they can only have an external focus. So they're externally focused on the battlefield, their target, where they're aiming. Um, so our cover the top tip of the week is to make sure when you're playing golf is to keep your focus externally target 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 that's all you should be thinking about and leave your internal focuses to the driving range so if i if i've understood correctly it's to to very to try and play with as much muscle memory and as in you're trying not to think of anything technical while you're playing golf because you're not going to fix it out there you're just you need to be thinking where do i want this ball to land Where's the pin? That sort of stuff? Kind of, yeah. Like, do you ever, like, do you know when you're playing well, you're kind of just seeing the flight of the ball. You're just picturing it. You're like, if you're chipping, you're just kind of like seeing where it's going to bounce and roll out to. You're just basically thinking out in front of you. Um, Where she's saying is more than likely when you're playing bad, you're, you're literally just sort of thinking in the general area of where you are and you're not really you're you're basically worrying about impact and you're just trying to hit the thing whereas if you just pick a target and just hit it and uh and just let your brain take over i think the brain is a very complex organ inside the human anatomy but i think yes <laughs> but i think it often generally most of the time it actually likes to keep it simple and um it just wants one focus basically so just pick a target and swing okay i could i i would say you and me differ on the golf course that i would rarely have a technical thought in my mind i kind of just get up and hit it you just get it well then i love that whereas i'd say you and william are probably on the other side where you are probably working on something you're thinking about what yeah. getting yeah. your club into the slot which kind of works for both people both ways but i can yeah that's a good tip shani yeah, so there you go. Think more like a samurai warrior. Um, okay, moving on. Um, do we have any sort of a quack watch this week as the tours get back going? The tours are getting back going. Um, Gradecki, Mateusz Gradecki, our Polish golfer, he has been on a yoga retreat in Nepal. So uh, we're hoping that, <laughs> hoping he has been channeling his inner samurai archer. Um, Ronan Malarney, who actually I'm not sure if I said where I'm now uh, actually managing Ronan, which is exciting. Lovely. He's part of my management company. He's also a quack player. He is down playing in Spain on the Toro Tour, just getting warmed up. He, uh, mm. we've just booked for him to go down to South Africa for the start of the Challenge Tour season. So he'll be playing full Challenge Tour season. So that'll be that'll be exciting. Kind of going. He had a really good season last year. Won a couple of times on the Alps Tour. Hopefully now a good season on the Challenge Tour and then the next step is get onto the DP World Tour. So, Come on, Ronan. 
on the off chance yeah. anyone listening would like to sponsor a golfer, get in touch. I'm your guy. Yeah. We'll get we'll get you onto Ronan's shirt. Yeah, we'll have to get Ronan on the pod as well. Yeah. Um I assume the challenge tour has to somewhat generally follow the same rough geographical areas as the DP world, because I mean you sometimes you might be get a call Playing up both. to the DP world. Yeah. yeah. So down to South uh, Africa. Yeah, they generally do. They're down to South Africa while the DP world is in um the kind of Middle East at the moment. So the yeah, middle the DP world will obviously be in Dubai, then Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar. Then the challenge tour starts in South Africa and there's a few the magical Kenya open and it kind of mirrors it because um like you said, you'll you'll often have players who are playing challenge who might get pulled into the, the lesser mm. known events. Um so yeah, so that's exciting. His first year on the challenge tour. Should be good. That's kind of quack watch. Haven't don't know what the other the other guys are up to, but they'll be in action, I'm sure, down in South Africa. Looking well in their quack gear. Um okay, so um it's new driver season, Ben, and there's uh, a lot of new drivers out there at the moment. So this is a something you wanted to discuss. Is it TaylorMade's new driver called the QI ten? Um, I just I say this every year. <laughs> you hate drivers. I said I don't hate drivers. I hate equipment, and I yeah. hate the the marketing jargon that they put out. So TaylorMade have released their new QI10. Who knows what Q or I or 10 stands for? Well, apparently the 10 stands for um, 10,000 MOI, and MOI mm. stands for the moment of inertia. Mm. And I just. That can't be fooling anyone. There isn't anyone out there who's like, oh my God, you've got 10,000 MOI. Like your last <laughs> driver probably had 9,500 MOI. I don't know. I just, I hate them. I hate this marketing spiel that goes on with all the manufacturers. You Can you not it, just it tell us? It works though. But like, you, like, not, you know, it, it does work. Just come out and tell us, look, we've got a new driver. It's got a little slightly different color and the face yeah. is going to be a little bit nicer. So but how many drivers like, do you think you'd sell doing that? Like, you know, like the, the, this kind of stuff does work. Like you, ha you see those guys that literally just go into McGurk's and they just buy just straight off the rack, the new driver. I know, but just listen to this. MOI moment of inertia is the measure of an object's resistance to change in its rotation. Because we're golfers and not physicists, it's all about stability and forgiveness at impact. When we say QI 10 max boasts, boasts 10k MOI, we're not just throwing around numbers, we're defining a new frontier of forgiveness. But like, that's just absolute bollocks. And if you if you, if you you know that technology, why aren't you putting it into the previous driver? Because they are, and they're just not, oh, I just, I, I'm yeah. so sick of club manufacturers. I love that. So that was from TaylorMade's website, wasn't it? And did you see yeah. the image that they have there? Where they have one driver on the left hand saying saying not 10k and yeah. then they've one on the right saying 10k and it's like striped it down the middle absolute nonsense um, so anyway get ready for that apparently so TaylorMade came out with that and said we're the first driver to, to hit this 10k moi barrier but apparently that was only for an hour because an hour after that ping released their new driver which also amazingly had it's hit called the 10, 10k yeah. so <laughs> all a pile of bollocks yeah, so you have, okay, so you've, uh, TaylorMade have their new QI10, Callaway have the, um, something Smoke, uh, sorry, it's left me right now, uh, can you remember what it is, something Smoke? No. Uh, AI Smoke, I think is what it's called, um, and Ping have their new G430, and, uh, Cobra, 
I'm a big Cobra driver fan. They have one called the Dark Speed. I more or less just like it because it's kind of all blacked out. Nice blackout finish. You can't really see anything on it at all. So I like that. I quite appreciate Cobra's attempt at just calling it Dark Speed. Like that's, we can all understand that. It's you've normal enough. Yeah. yeah, you've changed the color of it. And look, we're all trying to chase speed. Don't yeah. throw algebra equations at me when I'm buying a driver. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, Shani, what right. were... Um, just one we were we kind of touched on Jason Day's uh obviously moved to Melbourne from Night Golf. What were your thoughts on Tiger apparently Tiger. leaving Night Golf? Where where do you think he's gonna go? I do think it's kinda of sad. Um mm. like I I really liked Nike's post about it. Yeah. Did you read that one? It was yeah, emotional. It was um like I just hope that so sorry, has he confirmed with Grayson? No. Uh, no, and he so, hasn't confirmed with is 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 TaylorMade in the running and Callaway. So he uses he uses TaylorMade clubs. So there's obviously a chance there. Top Golf put out a job spec which described basically all of Tiger's resume, saying they're looking for head of footwear or something, which makes me think maybe so. Top Golf obviously owned by Callaway and mm. uh, Travis Matthew. Potentially, there's something going to happen there. Um. Interesting that obviously Jason Day has left Nike, Tiger's now left. Nike got out of golf clubs a couple of years ago. There's obviously not that much money in mm. golf for Nike in comparison to running or football or something like that. But like I heard, I read somewhere someone was like, someone Quack said, golf CEO, there's not that much money in golf, <laughs> golf apparel. <laughs> but I, I read like how, so that the Tiger Wood brand that Nike brought out, the TW that was on the back of his shirt under his shoes. How did that not become what the Air Jordan brand did for with yeah. Michael Jordan? You would have. Could you thought... imagine? Could you imagine hearing the same storyline with Michael Jordan and and Nike, like the, yeah. and Air Jordans, or yeah? So some people are saying Tiger might start his own thing. Yeah, Ugh, I would. If he if Nike aren't making enough money to renew his contract, I don't know if Tiger's bothered to do his own thing. But yeah, who knows? I my thoughts on it. I don't really care what he wears. Thursday to Saturday, I'm sure he'll look good in whatever he goes with. But I just hope his Sunday red is like, don't mess with that. Just black shoes, black pants, yeah. and keep the same red. And I don't want to see, like, if he starts wearing Victor Hovland polos, like that's when I'll get annoyed. You know what I mean? I don't think um, so. I think he's got enough money that he'll wear what he wants when he wants. Yeah. Speaking of Victor Hovland polos, it was actually at the century. It was kind of the one week of the year where his polos kind of looked um not Acceptable. out of place. Yeah. yeah um yeah okay so that's tiger um so okay back to uh something that i really enjoy discussing and we have forgotten about it for about 20 episodes now but um towards the end of last year we started um our favorite holes in ireland um trying to pick an 18 holes of the best holes in Ireland, but it had to be the actual hole. So we finished on Ireland's best 14th hole. Um, and we are now on to Ireland's best 15th hole. Um, and yeah, I kind of just, when all the suggestions started coming in, I forgot how much I enjoy actually talking about the, about yeah. these. Yeah. Have you any that jump off the, the page view straight away? Yeah. So, uh, close to home, um, the 15th at old Port Marnock is its signature hole. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. I'm, 
so this is comes from three? a suggestion from our long-time listener, Tom Gilfoyle, but I'm fairly sure it's the par three. That's what I would have thought is their yeah. signature hole, by the water, by the sea, lovely hole. Um, Adair Manor, short 15th par four. I haven't played it, but... Yeah, drivable par four, nice hole. Risk okay. reward. Lovely, lovely. Um, I also have some great picks from a long-time listener, Andrew Scannell. Um, he says the 15th on the Hackett. Um, which is uh, just before that par three, the the par three up the hill. I don't know if you remember that one. Fifteenth on Hackett. I I remember it, the par four. I'm just the one that goes round the corner and you go over the big mound. yeah round the corner. Yeah, little oh, dog leg left. Yeah, 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 yeah I love that nice hole. hole. Well, that could be uh, that, that's up there for me now. Yeah, it's a lovely hole. Um, and then, um. Apparently, I haven't played this course in a while, but apparently the 15th on the O'Mara course is in Carton House is meant to be lovely. It's a par five um, and the green is kind of similar to 13th at Augusta with the water in the front. Yeah, I've got, that's come in, I put up a question box. Uh, I haven't had given much people, we haven't given people much time to submit their responses, but yeah. that did come up. Um, also, Trilly, have you played the back nine, Trilly? I haven't. No. Still haven't played really. We really need someone to come out. Oh, yeah. the worst so, people ever to the... Uh, the 15th in Musgree. I do like Musgree, but I can't remember what the 15th is. Oh, I love is. Musgree. I wonder, is that when it gets down towards the river? There's some lovely holes, finishing holes in Musgree. Yeah, that's 18 and then the 17th. Oh, or is, is 15 the... a part three, maybe? Oh, that's a, it's, a, it's that massive drop down part Downhill. three. Downhill. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, That's unreal. Yeah. I love that hole. Um... Great what suggestion. Carton House, uh, the old head, I think the old head is better holds, but the 15th is that drivable par four. Yeah, that came up with me as well. And I suppose 15 in Waterville is quite similar. No, sorry, I think it's 16 Waterville. And Malone Golf Club, Belfast. Um, oh. George Francis says par three over water to an island ish green. I was good to Malone. I've heard, actually heard yeah, some good lo- things. I've heard some class things about Malone. Looks really cool. Um. So, with all that being said, I'm going to disregard all of that. And um, my suggestion this week is, um, as it has been mentioned to me by at least four people, the 15th in Carlo Golf Club is meant to be um, an absolute lovely hole. But, um, so that's my, that's my pick. Shady, um, have you, having never played it, never seen you, the course. <laughs> have you signed some sort of sponsorship agreement with Carlo Golf Club that you haven't told us about? Um, I haven't, but listen, if you'll have me down there, I'd love to play it. But um, controversially, actually, um, down there on the borders of Carlo and Kildare, apparently the the fifth the green on the fifteenth hole in Carlo Golf Club is actually in Kildare. So um, oh, apparently, there's a good bit of a uh, banter down there. I wonder, are there any golf clubs in the world that cross from one country into another? Sure, there is. Yeah. Um, but so are you? Are you locking in Carlo, having never played it, well, just because it's this novelty fact? I think it's. Um, yeah, I think it's the funniest pick, anyway. But what? What would you pick? I would pro- either pick Portmarnock Old, or yeah. I would pick. Uh, the 15th in the Hackett course in Karen. I think that's spectacular. Like on a summer's day, 
basically any Carn is one of my favorite places in the world to go play it's, golf but my only thing is i wouldn't there's so many nice holes in Carn that wouldn't be the first to come to mind so i would say seeing no, as this how... is going to officially go on twitter i'd say we go with port marnock old but with a shout out to carlo golf club but how many have, do we have Carn on our list yet oh we do somewhere surely because like we're kind of running out of holes and 16, 17, 18 are, are key holes. And I don't think Karn is going to get in any of them. Um, Hang on. Let me just, I'll just call out all the holes again. So number one, we have um Trump uh, Doombeg opening hole. Yeah. We can all agree with that. Um, and you were down there actually recently. Yeah. Um, Number two, Port Salon. Um, number three, Waterville. Four, Old Head down towards the lighthouse. Number five, Port Rush. Number six, Critch Island, par three yeah. where Scott had his hole in one. <clears throat> number seven, the European Club. Number eight, Cairn. Okay, so eight, Cairn. It's the par- that's where we have Cairn. It's the big, long, snaky par five, crazy monster hole where you have to go in and in in and around the dunes. Excellent hole. Is that not? Um. Is that, so you is that the... here a beast of a power five that requires negoti- negotiating a massive dune, one that if you're long enough off the tee, you can attempt to go over. Do you remember, you know, the way you that's, kind of go down that's... really tight? That's the hole I'm thinking about. Oh, no, is yeah, no, that's, yeah, um, Scannell's suggestion was uh, the power four dog leg left before the power three. It's on the the back nine of the old Hackett course, so it's actually not in the Wild Atlantic Dunes layout okay it gets confusing but it's actually in the other back nine okay okay yeah anyway um number nine royal county down um number 10 cove golf club par three shout out yeah number 11 bally bunion and number 12 old head um excellent hole yeah uh number 13 uh, mount juliet signature hole lovely hole and number 14 we finished on saint patrick's links um par four up in oh. Ross Penna. So. Oh, I thought we had got Carlo Golf Club in there already. No, no. So I would say, will we go 15 Port Marnock with yeah. Car- a Carlo Golf Club shout out? Yeah, a we notable, need another part. Notable we mention. Another, we need another part three in there. We do, we do, we do. Lovely. Um, okay. Uh, that's kind of all I have for this week. Any, well, I suppose we can touch on the Dubai invitation on the DP world starting back this week. Yeah, I was, I don't know why it's an invitational. I it's a small field. I think it's 66 golfers. So I thought that was interesting. It's an, it's kind of a new event, but strange way to kick off. Um, I saw Calais Samuya is in the field, despite being pictured in his new cliques uniform. Him, it, it, that, that team is, it's really coming together. We've got Martin Keimer, we've got Dick Bland, we've got Cali Samuya. It's electric. Yeah. They are going to sell shirts. <laughs> going to be a lot of clique fans out there. Um, um, okay. So that's. So I wonder is this? I wonder is this Dubai Invitational kind of like a a, a century kind of style? Bit of a cash response. grab, I reckon. Yeah. It's gonna. I'd say they're paying big money to get Rory to play there. Um. Yeah. And just trying to keep the sponsors happy, I would imagine. Mm, absolutely. Um, 
But if you're interested in professional golf and you want to keep a keen eye on the events this weekend, please tune into our Plugged In series podcast, which um came out uh, yesterday, I believe. But um the uh yeah, I I picked Ewan Ferguson um to win on that podcast mainly just because I like the cut of his jib. Um he seems like a really cool dude. So he's my he's my one to watch this year. And uh he's definitely getting into my stable. Yeah, like that. Um Shani, we've had we had a bit of a backlash outside of the podcast within a few WhatsApp groups. Um as as we stated earlier, we're all heading there's twelve of us heading down to the Kingdom Cup to play with the Lions Links event. I I created a group with I think eight of these people who who have all met each other. And Shani's first message was at Dean and Ian, have we met before? And the two lads were very insulted because they have, in fact, played golf together before. I didn't say, have we met before? I said, <laughs> I haven't met you before, but I'm sure we're going to be, we're all going to be best friends. Okay, but you, so you have, in fact, already met them. Uh, <laughs> Dean has sent me, which I'm going to clip in parts of it here. He, he sent me a couple of voice notes, which ended up being as long as a podcast, um, basically just calling out Shani. So I think there's going to be a bit of, I'm, I'm nervous about, the reception of what's going to happen down in Kerry. Morning, gentlemen. Long time listener, first time caller, Dean Crowley here. Um, I thought after your call to arms for people to submit voice notes to the podcast that um, it's probably only fair that I step up and submit something, um, given that I've been promised multiple cameos on the podcast in the past. Um, however, I clearly have a face for radio and a voice for sign language, uh, given that hasn't come to fruition as of yet. Nevertheless, here I am. Um, thanks, Scott, for pronouncing my name correctly on last week's pod. Um, it is, of course, a crow in the sky, not a crow. Um, and people do walk slowly, uh, not slowly. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 a touchy point for a lot of people, but um, I'm well aware that different people use different pronunciations. I'm not here to cascade the message to the world. However, I am here um, to pick a bone with Mr. Sullivan. Um, obviously, you know, as a contender for top mention on the podcast, bar you three, um, I think myself and Mr. Burns are probably um, up towards the top of the leaderboard. Um, which is funny considering that, you know, you have another member of Quack, um, Will, for the listeners who may have never heard of him before. Um, I must say I was shocked to meet him over Christmas and we thought he was only a, a, fa- a faction of your imaginations and some, some sort of tax dodger um, that you had an extra employee in under Quack. But um, no, face to the name, fairness to him, uh, hit the long ball, can't fault him. But back to Mr Sullivan, um, I'm sure you can relate to my absolute shock when um, Shani suggested last week that um, I come on and, and give out a segment for 10 billies for <coughs> the uh, betting sequence of the show, um, you know, gamble response me and all that. But, you know, for you to turn around and tell me to F off, I thought it was a bit harsh, um, given our, our history through primary school together um, all the way to a scramble this Christmas. So uh, thanks very much for that, Scott. Um, although, however, I think the pressure was taken off you at the weekend by Shani, um, who decided to come at myself and uh, Mr. Silk claiming he'd uh, never met us before. You can't be you can't be going around here, Billy Big Balls, thinking just because you run a podcast, everyone knows who you are and you don't know who anyone is. So just I'll have to watch stay, my back. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. Um, Any other shout-outs? Okay. Not really. No shout-outs for me today. I think I'm all tuckered out here. Yeah. Scott's sunning himself in uh, Dallas. I'm off to Dubai next week for a bit of for a bit of golf to watch and play and manage. Um, so maybe we'll do Take uh, some notes. Boot, a Boots on the Ground podcast. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Absolutely. Apart from that, enjoy your week, Shani. I'll chat to you soon. Enjoy your golf, folks. See you later, guys. Thank <laughs> you.